When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are live with the Friday Night Wrestling Inc. podcast after SmackDown Live. Uh, it was a good show. I'm Alfred Kunawa, joined by Dan St. Germain. He is the host of the very hilarious Wrestle Roast podcast and stand-up comedian extraordinaire. I really love that podcast. After we talked about it this past Tuesday, I checked it out. thought it was very funny. I think everybody should check out the latest episode where they roast Kenny Omega. Dan, SmackDown tonight, a very... Uh, eventful and newsworthy show. Uh, but before we start and get into this show, what did you think of Roman Reigns' new theme song? Um, it's going to take some getting used to for me, but probably the good the good move. It's they're, they're headed in the right direction. I I love this episode, Magna, and thank you for the kind words about Russell Roasts. No, absolutely. Yeah, everybody should just check that out. Wrestle Roasts, um, wherever you can get your podcast. And yeah, um, I, I thought Roman Reigns' new theme music, I didn't think it was bad or anything like that. It didn't rub me the wrong way. It's just a, a little generic for my taste. Uh, very it's a little epic. generic. You know, yeah, they made it really epic and biblical. So it kind of matches how slow he walks to the ring. I think that kind of coincides with one another. But I just felt like, I mean, at one point I expected James Earl Jones or somebody to start narrating his entrance because it was that type yeah. of like, epic feel to walk into the ring. Yeah, I wanted something more like Samoan royalty, right? But I don't know yeah. what the fuck that sounds like. So, Right, yeah. I mean, drums probably somewhere in there, but, you know, they, they could have made it a little more Samoan. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, a fun show. We'll, we'll get into this in the main event. Of course, this SmackDown was really built around that main event between Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan, where the stipulation was essentially uh, if Daniel Bryan could not beat Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship, Daniel Bryan was banished from SmackDown. So we'll really get into what went down there. But we start with our opening segment. It's uh, Bianca Belair comes out. Uh, she's interrupted by the Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. They're interrupted by the Street Profits. They're interrupted by Bailey. Bailey walks right by them, slaps Bianca in the face, and then we get a big brawl to lead to the first match. It's Street Profits and Bianca Belair versus the Dirty Dogs and Bailey. Uh, this is a good match. I thought they just, you know, kind of had a nice TV match. And the finish came when Montez Ford hit a springboard frog splash for the victory. So I guess it's still take back season and the Street Profits beat the tag champions. What'd you think about this match? I really liked it, man. You know, everybody talks about dynamite six man tags and, you know, I, I do really like those, but I, I think SmackDown gives them a run for their money. I thought uh, Montez Ford's frog splash is, Phenomenal. I mean, yeah. I think it's even better than Eddie and RVDs. I, I would agree. It might be the greatest frog splash in history. I mean, just based yeah. on athleticism alone and how high he gets doing it. And what I like about this frog splash, he does it differently every single time. I don't think I've ever seen him do it the same way twice. Sometimes he'll jump off the rope. Sometimes he'll twist in the air. And this time he did the springboard, which I thought looked really cool. So oh, it was really awesome. fun to watch. Yeah, loved it. Yeah, uh, Bianca, I mean, they're doing a good job with everybody who was in this match. I don't really have yeah. anything to say. Yeah, no, excellent. Uh, we get an announcement. I want to hear what you have to say about this SmackDown Throwback Edition next week. What do you think? You excited about that? Throwback to what? That's <laughs> I was wondering what period. It looked like late 80s, early 90s, 
like new generation, which wasn't around when SmackDown started. I don't know. Uh, we'll, it just seemed generic. Yeah, I, I'm guessing we're gonna get the big fist. Remember that fist from the old SmackDown days? I think they're oh, gonna put that, that would be on awesome. The oh my god! Why don't they just why didn't they just leap with the fist if that's the case? Yeah, they, I mean, they really should. I mean, that's yeah. enough to draw people, especially if you're an old school fan. You see that image. It'll take you back to your childhood for some people. So, you know, yeah. it's kind of like what they do with old school Raw. This is kind of what WWE does when they're in a pinch and they need ratings bump. Uh, but SmackDown's ratings have been fine. It's not like they've really plummeted or they're doing an emergency. But these kind of old school shows tend to do pretty well for WWE. Yeah, hopefully we don't have uh, Goldberg coming out and fucking up a promo. Yeah, <laughs> banging his head on the door before coming out and bleeding. <laughs> oh, that's always fun. Um, we go backstage, so we get this promo from Seth Rollins, who's in this wonderful plaid suit. Uh, he's talking about how Cesaro is going to need to get past him, and of course, they're going to have a match next week. And the implication is that Seth Rollins is going to beat Cesaro so bad that he's not going to be able to get past him. What do you think about this Seth Rollins character, Dan? Um. His promo tonight was the best I've seen in a while, but I kind of wish he just ditched the salesman preacher Tony Robbins thing. Yeah, I kind of dug the package music when he was uh, cutting the promo. Maybe, they, maybe they do more of that. I mean, it's a little lucha underground, but hey, do, am I getting an echo? No, I don't. I don't hear you echoing. People in the chat, if you hear, I'm not seeing anything that you are. But uh, let us know yeah. if he's echoing. But I think you sound fine. All right, sweet. Yeah, I'm not a great big fan of this uh, Cesaro character. I mean, the Seth Rollins character because I think he's just such a phenomenal wrestler. It's almost a waste to have him mm-hmm. play this character. Like his wrestling alone is going to get him over. I mean, we've seen it in that you know the most over he's been is when he went through that series of uh, what was it, the exhibition or the gauntlet? Uh, the matches? gauntlet on Raw. Yeah, those he wrestled for an hour, and that's what got him over. And he was as hot as he's ever been because he's a great wrestler who can go for a long time. So they don't really need to overthink it. And sometimes it seems like they're just overthinking Seth Rollins. Yeah, he's a phenomenal wrestler, but uh, the character's just not working for me. And I, and I loved Authority Set, so, you know, like, I was thinking, like, oh, um, if Brian did stay on SmackDown, which is he's not going to, they would probably feud Brian and Seth eventually. And I wasn't even that excited about it, and I realized it's because of that character. So uh, right. I hope they, I hope they shake it up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got a super chat from stellar Justin Lopez, friend of the show. Great match. Hated the formulaic setup to the match. Uh, they should have just done the title change last week if they were going to keep feuding. Uh, the formulaic setup. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of um, the way they set it up. I had some problems with how they set up this match, particularly last week when they just kind of used the Cesaro as a conduit to Daniel Bryan, where Daniel Bryan's cutting promo saying that Cesaro should be in this match. And then Roman Reigns essentially says, you're not on my level. He walks right by Cesaro to Daniel Bryan. And then it's kind of like that WrestleMania 9 scenario with Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart, uh, how mm-hmm. they set this match up. What I did like about this, um, and I want to know what you think. We can go into this. Throughout the night, they were doing all these promos from uh, superstars around WWE on Raw and SmackDown and stuff like that, picking uh, who's going to win, Daniel Bryan or Cesaro. So what we got is Booker T picked Roman Reigns. Shinsuke Cesaro picked uh, – or Shinsuke Nakamura picked Daniel Bryan. Then we got the New Day. Uh, picked Dana Bryan, and then Miz picked Reigns. Cesaro picked Bryan, of course, and said he's going to beat him at uh, Backlash. And then Baron Corbin said he doesn't care. So what did you think about how they built this matchup throughout the show? I, I thought they did a great job, man. You know, they run the risk of, uh, you know, if a wrestler is not Stone Cold Steve Austin, being on three segments can be rough. But 
know, they found a way to to make it organic, and they didn't. You know, you really just kind of saw a shot of Roman backstage throughout the night, and yeah, I, th- I thought it was really a, a well paced show. Yeah, uh, we have. Oh, we have another super chat. Uh, this is Jody Shauna Jenkins. Uh, I know you will get it, but I just have no interest in Cesaro versus Reigns. It's not compelling, in my opinion. Give me Lesnar to return and destroy Roman. Wow, what do you think Whoa. about that, man? You excited about Cesaro Reigns? I mean, it's just so funny how, you know, absence makes the heart fonder. I can't imagine somebody saying that about Roman. I mean, uh, Brock a year ago. A hundred percent. It's hard for, you know, Cesaro is such an amazing worker. And I, I love Kings of Wrestling and Ring of Honor. But, yeah, the character, it, look, they're, they're figuring it out. I think the Daniel Bryan dynamic is working. I, I, I just... Still want to know a little bit more about who this guy is, right? I mean, I'm, I get a lot of heat for saying stuff like this, but I, I don't have any interest in Cesaro doing like a program with Roman Reigns as much as I like Cesaro as a wrestler. It's kind of where his wrestling is good when you get in the ring. I have no problem with Cesaro as a wrestler, but I don't think yeah. they've done a good enough job allowing him to, you know, build up his character through promos, through telling me who this guy is and why he's, I should care about him. And I certainly didn't like how he's been booked uh, over the past couple of weeks as kind of like Daniel Bryan's background guy and how he's just come along this way. So I don't know what they're doing with Cesaro. We'll get into how he was booked later on tonight. Um, we go backstage again, and it's Nia Jax. She's interviewed, so she kind of cuts off the interviewer, and um, they get jumped by Natalia and Tamina, which sends us into Nia and Shayna versus Tamina and Natalia. Uh, basically, they're just building up the tension between Nia, Shayna, and Reginald, and we get a lot of that to where Nia gets knocked off, so she's not available to make the tag, which uh, pisses Shayna off because she has to wrestle the whole match by herself. Reggie gets involved, but it just leads to Shayna getting distracted. She gets pulled back into the ring. Uh, Tamina hits a splash and wins this match. Uh, what do you think about this? You know, look, I... <laughs> Reginald's kind of fun. He's like Poochie in The Simpsons. He's like a <laughs> wacky character. Like I don't know if he's real or not. And I like Shayna's gimmick. I just like whenever like Naya and Tamina start wrestling, man, I just black out. Like I don't, my eyes don't let me watch it. I watch so much wrestling guys all week that like sometimes I just mentally have to shut down during matches if if I'm not into them. And this was one of those matches tonight. You know, it's funny is sometimes I'm actually writing notes for the show. And this, you know, this is one of those times that it kind of happened where I'll write down what happened. And as I'm reading and going through the notes in my mind, I was like, oh, wow, I have no recollection of that. So I guess that yeah. did happen. So it's like I saw it. <laughs> I, but, yeah, um, hopefully they don't put the titles on. I don't know, man. I, they need something to happen. This might be the worst division in all of WWE, that women's tag team division. And this was all WWE's doing in that they just broke up one tag team after another. The champions are always losing. Uh, their champions are pretty much a mid-card comedy act. So uh, this title means nothing to me. Yeah, they, I feel like they should merge the NXT and women's titles. That's the only way to make them worth it. Plus, I yeah. mean, that's a, a match with real baby faces and real heels. 100%. I mean, it would be great if those they could just travel to all the shows with those titles. I think they get a lot of mileage out of them. Yeah. So we get uh, just a bunch of predictions throughout the night that we just went over. Uh, then we get a promo from Dominic and Rey Mysterio. They want to be the first father-son duo to be the tag team champions. Is that something you'd be interested in? Yeah, it would be a nice moment. So tonight was the first night that I saw Dominic as a real member of the WWE roster because he looked really tired and broken and kind of phoning it in. 
like tonight, I was like, oh, he's he's tired tonight. He's this is this is a it's it's a loss of the luster. He he's not a rookie anymore. He's a vet. Uh, yeah. yeah, I want to see it, but I like the Dirty Dogs. You know, the, the men's SmackDown tag division is is very good. Yeah, no, no, it really is. Um, and you know, they tell a lot of stories between Take Back season and this story. You kind of don't know which babyface they're going to lean toward. I think both would be pretty feel good moments, but I think I would rather see Ray and Dominic win. I think that'd just be more of an emotional moment for fans. Yeah, unless they do like Orton and Riddle, and they have them jump over. But maybe that's just me wanting that. Yeah. Uh, Jackson Callens, friend of the show, says, look, Cesaro should have been in this spot long ago. So maybe peeps feel like that time passed. But me, let Cesaro have it and turn the page. I don't know. Yeah, sure. A lot of people like Cesaro. There's a lot of people in his corner. I'm not doubting that he's talented. I will say this. I'm more interested in that than I am the triple threat at WrestleMania Backlash. Uh, Which uh, triple? The triple threat? This is Lashley, Drew, and Brock. Yeah, yeah, me too. I don't. I have no idea what they're doing with Drew McIntyre. I'm getting a little nervous with how they're booking Drew McIntyre, and that they just beat him again. And Braun Strowman's in this match now. Seems like they're kind of losing faith in him. Yeah, I mean they might be. So we go to um, Alistair Black. He cuts this uh, week two of Alistair Black talking about how in high school, you know, people littered the halls. They wanted to go to prom. They wanted to go to college and a house and picket fence. But he's kind of thumbing his nose at this. He's saying that those dreams are built on a foundation of lies. And he references father. He says father never fed him those dreams. Uh, he just taught him the truth. So this is week two. What do you think about Alistair Black and what he's been doing these past couple of weeks? Uh, the art's been cool and the look's cool. Now, with Alistair Black, you always think Al- Alistair Crawley. So, like, you think all this dark, uh, macabre, you know, uh, sadomasochistic stuff is going to be happening. And then what you get is kind of the TJ Maxx version of it, which is what you saw tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know, man. It, it, I, I kind of want to see him really be like a dark heel, but we'll see, we'll see what they do. Yeah, no, um, I, I, I kind of agree with you in that I like the production of this. I like what they've kind of done in terms of showing the animation is really cool and whatnot. I just don't fully believe in this. I don't think he does. You know, he's uh, just very generic. I'm going to coin a moniker for, for it. I'm, I'm going to call it the brother love problem. When Pritchard's talking about coming up with a brother love gimmick, he's like, well, we can't re- reference Jesus or God. We'll reference re- love. Which is like, you know, he did a great job with it, but how much cooler would that gimmick have been if, like, they actually used religion in that gimmick? It would have been great. And I kind of feel the same way about this. It's like, all right, really talk about, like, paganism and, like, get, get into the weeds, man. Say some shit. Yeah, no, 100%. And there's so many ways that they can make this more realistic than him just kind of taking all of these generic ideals of what people are supposed to like and then saying, yeah. oh, you guys are all pigs for liking this. It's like, I don't know who he's talking to. Uh, yeah, SmackDown is so good that you can see areas where it can be great. So it gets frustrating, you know, when those things happen. But I'm not complaining. It's a good show. Yeah. Uh, we get into, we're going to have a special guest coming in and joining us uh, pretty soon. Uh, I think you guys would be very, very happy to see. Uh, we get into Big E versus Apollo Crews. So this is the Intercontinental Championship match that they're really building up. Uh, Big E has a very good promo before this saying he's going to be a three-time Intercontinental Champion. 
Uh, these two get into this match, working very hard. We get a moonsault off the apron from Apollo Crews. Uh, we get a big ending from Big E, who is on his way to winning this match before Commander Aziz interferes. There's a DQ finish. And then we get uh, Kevin Owens comes down to make the save, which brings out Sami Zayn. The heels uh, run off the baby faces, and Sami Zayn is teasing that he wants the Intercontinental title. But then we get the Nigerian nail on Sami Zayn from Commander Aziz. And, uh, you know, it looks like that they're just kind of teasing that Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Big E, and Apollo Crews all want to be Intercontinental Champion, maybe a fatal four-way. Commander Aziz, man. Spring for some new gear. Like, it is, it is rough, man. It is rough. Uh, I'd like to say hi to our returning champion, uh, Issa, <laughs> and even Diva herself. I'd like to apologize for not sending you the link, but uh, she is on live with us. <laughs> we're joined by the very hilarious Dan St. Germain. Before we move forward with this podcast, Issa. Nice I'll- to me- meet you, Issa. Nice yeah. to meet you, Dan. Hello. He's moving to uh, New York City, so, you know. Uh, I know. I can only be on for another five minutes, uh, so if I leave, I, ap- I apologize. Sure, sure. Yeah, he's tagging Issa in. So, uh, Issa, <laughs> I just want to know, what did you think as a Roman Reigns super fan of Roman Reigns' new theme music? I loved it. I thought it felt like there was a lot of, like, I don't know, it felt like what you would play in a fight scene of a superhero movie with the <laughs> choir and the instrument. I thought it was intense. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, very, you know, we were talking about how it's very epic. Uh, I don't hate it. John Woo in it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It'll have to grow on me a little bit. But, you know, because he's just had the other one for so long and it's associated with him. But Uh, uh, this goes this goes with the new character. One hundred percent. He felt very Thanos vibes to it. I I, I really, really liked it. Yeah, that I 100 percent agree that it does go with his character, not only his character, but also his entrance in that. You know, he likes to take yeah. his time and he wants to kind of build it. And we have another supporter of this Roman Reigns theme music. Big Moon sends a super chat saying Roman Reigns theme, two flame emojis and his table. So, yes, on you. yes, yes. But, you know, F in the chat for the Shield theme song going away. We really have to put that chapter behind us. And it's sad. Yeah, yeah. It really is the, the last of the Shield themes. I remember they had Seth Rollins kind of walk out last week and they had an opportunity to do something with him. They didn't do it. So maybe WWE just closed that chapter. Maybe they want nothing to do with it. I mean, you know, there's the forbidden door. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're missing a Shield member somewhere in there, right? So before you leave, Dan, I want your thoughts on this main event uh, between Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. Uh, what did you think? Uh, they you know, did a lot of stuff, and Roman Reigns ends up going over clean on Daniel Bryan by submission. I thought it was really good. I think Roman needed a clean win. I thought the ending was fantastic. I, I have no complaints about this. Uh, look, if you got me on Monday Night Raw, I would have had so many complaints, but... <laughs> This is just really solid, man. I, uh, you know, it was a fun show. Yeah, it was a fun show, man. There, there was like a couple, you know, like they got to give Aziz some gear. I don't know what the fuck the Sergeant Pepper's thing is, but you know, everything else. Agreed. But they, <laughs> well, hey, it was nice to meet Isa, and thank you, thank you for having me. Uh, check out Russell Rhodes podcast. It's uh, available where. All podcasts are free. We listen to. We roasted Kenny Omega today. Highly recommended. Highly recommended. It's very funny. And Dan, uh, thanks for coming on. I'm sure we'll see each other in the future. Um, Yes, I'm sure we will. All right. Have a good one, guys. Thanks, man. 
Uh, we have another super chat from Stellar Justin Lopez. Seven years, seven in all caps, years. He had this theme music since he went solo. It's time for it to RIP. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And this whole character, like you have to, he's doing such different work from what he did back then that you really just want to leave all of that big dog Roman Reigns behind as I have the picture in the background. But you want to leave that Roman Reigns behind <laughs> and move into this new character. I I personally like that. Do I have to run it back again and kind of listen to it and really take it in? Yes, it's going to take time to get used to, but I feel it fits his character well. So do you like this song or his old song better? This one. This one. Okay. This one okay. for this guy, right? For the Roman that we're getting now, I do think it's it's good for him. Um, but yeah, it's going to take some getting used to, but it's not one that I'm against. I had the same reaction that I had. Well, at first, when they changed um, Shinsuke's entrance music, I liked his heel theme song because of what he was doing. Yeah. And I had that similar reaction of like, oh, I don't, I don't hate this at all. So I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, that really was a good move to change Shinsuke's theme song the way they did because it stopped fans from being able to sing along to it. Right. It's kind of like what they did with Kurt Angle's song where they didn't want them to chant You Suck anymore, so they just kind of changed it up. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, and at some points, like, for, as a fan, from a fan perspective, it's not as fun, but if he's playing a heel character, you don't want people singing along to his music. Right, agreed, agreed. Let's get into this Roman Reigns match. I'm going to go through kind of the spots that happened. Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. Get your thoughts on it. Uh, we start out pretty hot with the dropkick from Daniel Bryan. Uh, he's cut off immediately. Uh, the story of this match is basically Daniel Bryan softening up Roman Reigns' right arm. So they did a lot of stuff with that. He goes for a Superman punch at one point and gets kicked right in the arm. He does a spear through the barricade that looked really cool, as always. Uh, then we yeah. get to the finishing sequence, which is essentially they're doing a lot of submission offense to where uh, Daniel Bryan slaps on a key lock. He gets on a yes lock. They're kind of simulating MMA. Roman Reigns gets out of it, does some ground and pound and a power bomb. Then Reigns traps Daniel Bryan in a guillotine. And the finish comes where Roman Reigns tries to slap on the guillotine with his bad arm. He's unable to. He switches over with his good arm. And he has Daniel Bryan uh, go to sleep in the middle of the ring. Uh, for the victory. So Roman Reigns wins this match. And before we get your thoughts, Issa, after the okay. match, you know, there was no uh, interference. It was just a clean win by Roman Reigns, which I was pleasantly surprised by. But after the match, we have um, J uh, Jey Uso come down. And, oh, no, no, Roman Reigns actually was going to do the concerto. And that brought out Cesaro first, which brought out Jey Uso, which they trapped Cesaro in the ropes. Daniel Bryan does get hit with a concerto. Uh, so, I mean, this kind of feels like this is a send-off, not only from SmackDown, but it feels like WWE is doing this as a preemptive measure in case he does not come back to the company. Listen, maybe he wants to take some time off. You know, maybe we want a different Daniel Bryan when he comes back. But, yes, I, I think this is that time that people kind of take a little bit of a break. You're in a little bit of a slow season. So it makes sense to write him off until they figure out what they want to do with him. Because the way Daniel Bryan has some pull backstage with creative. And I would assume that he doesn't want to go to Raw in the condition that he's at right now. We probably want to plan out what we're going to do with Daniel Bryan. Should he be going to Raw and not coming back to SmackDown? Which I think the main event of Raw could definitely use Daniel Bryan in holy water and everything. But anyways, we're not here to talk about that. I really, really enjoyed this match. I think these two have such good chemistry. Every single time that they've been in the ring together, they put on a good match. And when I saw what time the match was starting, I got comfortable. I was like, oh, this is going to be a good one. Based on the storyline that they have given us with the submission, and I'm going to make you tap out, I really like how Roman got that win. Uh, you know, Cesaro coming down, I felt like 
I know I came in a little bit later, but I felt like tonight there was a lot of, the only thing I was unhappy with is a lot of storylines intertwine within each other. It feels like lazy mm -hmm. booking, just throwing everybody together. Mm -hmm. And Cesaro coming down to kind of like make the save. I don't understand why. I personally felt like Roman Reigns was giving Daniel Bryan a proper goodbye. Daniel Bryan deserves that. He's that kind of guy that deserves a good send-off. That's all Roman was doing, right? Yeah. Um, but Cesaro coming down to, to make the save, they're still teasing that, but like just a few minutes before they had announced that he's fighting set next week. So it's just like, okay, so don't tease the Roman and Cesaro angle until we're ready to, to go through with it. Unless they're trying to read the room, you know, we'll see. But overall, I just love their chemistry in the ring. Like they put on such good matches. Roman is getting really like the matches that he put on are so good. I don't understand why some people still doubt his in ring capabilities. Cause I think he's put on some amazing matches, especially with this new character. Yeah, and you're always going to have people doubting in general, yeah. and especially with Roman Reigns. He's just kind of a polarizing figure, uh, more so as a babyface, but I agree with you in that he has always, to me, been a phenomenal uh, wrestler, especially mm -hmm. in the context of what WWE does to kind of tell those stories and, and you know, how he emotes. And uh, I really think that he's a great powerhouse and that, you know, he uses that spear and the Superman punches power bomb. Very believable as kind of a badass in that and how he was promoted tonight. Uh, I just thought it was funny that before they stalled a lot before this match. I mean, they had a Paul yeah. Heyman promo, which I thought was an excellent. Paul that was a promo. good promo. Oh, my goodness. There was a there was a little bit of a part where he said, you know, like, I don't know, maybe it's me because I'm very biased here. But he said that fans were like rooting for you know, Daniel Bryan and they all think this is his night. And I was like, no, nobody <laughs> thinks Daniel Bryan is beating the Roman Reigns tonight. Not even his biggest fans. Like it felt predictable. Was it a good match? Yeah, but it was predictable. But of course he did his thing and it was a good promo. But when he said that, I was like, no, Paul Heyman, none of us think. Yeah. <laughs> it would actually be shocking if he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That kind of stood out because that was early. That was like one of the first things he said. He's like, do people think Daniel Bryan's going to win? Yes. It's like, wait, no, no, Daniel Bryan's <laughs> a big underdog. And that was the story they told in the match. Like Daniel Bryan got offense in, but... They were really telling that story of Daniel Bryan's going to have to will his way through this. You know, they brought up yeah. the even show. That's one of the things they stalled. They were showing the WrestleMania 30 clip of him winning and how he had to overcome the odds. So, yeah, that really wasn't 100% accurate. But I really liked how Paul Heyman incorporated the yes, yes, yes. And yeah. then at the end, he said, is he going to do it? No. So that yeah, was which really I, cool. I did miss um, the, um, Paul Heyman doing those sort of promos because he has taken such a back seat with Roman Reigns that we don't get that. When, which with Brock, he does all the talking and we get those level promos all the time. Now you got to watch Talking Smack if you want to see more of those promos from, you know, Paul Heyman. So I really enjoyed that promo from him tonight. Then they cut to what? Baron Corbin? I'm like, I don't care what Baron Corbin <laughs> has to say. Just start the match. <laughs> they had to get one last prediction in there. And he basically said he doesn't care who wins. He's just like, whatever. Daniel Bryan will leave. The most loses. Baron Corbin thing he said in weeks. Yeah, <laughs> he said exactly. it tonight. <laughs> And to your point about Paul Heyman, I like that you said that because I like that they've kind of given Paul Heyman a backseat role because now the character of Paul Heyman isn't really getting old and stale. It's not like he's doing the exact same thing with Brock Lesnar and instituting the Roman Reigns. He is very clearly a subordinate to Roman Reigns. Reigns in this act is the tribal chief. He's the man who calls all the shots. And Paul Heyman very much speaks when he's spoken to or speaks when he's given directive. And now the promos are kind of few and far between. So when he does cut these great promos, they don't just run together. You don't forget about them. You kind of yeah. stick out more. This is why I would like the return of Brock, should it ever happen, to be raw. So we can see two complete different sides of Paul Heyman. And that can be how the tension between the two of them starts building. Because 
you're going to see Paul doing a whole different role than what he does on Fridays. And that could start creating that tension. I know a lot of people want to see Roman versus Brock right now. I'd rather see the tension come because of Paul Heyman trying to run both of the top guys on each brand. Yeah. Just imagine the story that could be told. Yeah. And if they're going to do it, I think the best story they can tell is at Survivor Series. Yeah. Where it's like you see it. And they don't even have to talk about it beforehand. But sometime between now and Survivor Series, Brock Lesnar becomes WWE champion. And now Paul Heyman has to go back and forth, like you said. But slowly but surely, with every passing month, it's building the possibility of Paul right. Heyman having to choose between these two guys. That would be phenomenal. Right. And just trying to see him go back and forth and explain having to explain what his difference is between what he does for Brock against what he does with, um, you know, with Roman. I, I really think that could be where we build because we will see two different sides of Paul Heyman all in the same week with two different guys. And, you know, yeah. you can see either one of them giving him crap because of how he's treated by the other. Absolutely. No, that'd be a lot of fun. And I, yeah. it'd be better. It would be better if it wasn't clear who Paul Heyman would side with. Like, I don't right. want one of them to treat him like crap. So it seems like he's inevitably he's going to turn. It should right. make it to where he has a decision and they divide the fans. Like, who do you think is going to be team Roman or team Brock? I mean, that would, they've got this thing written and they're going to screw it up somehow because, you know, right. you know Raw is going to screw it up somehow. <laughs> uh, we have Stella Dustin Lopez who says DB is a member of the SmackDown creative team last I yeah. heard. Yes. Uh, but he's at that point of his career where he's a part timer. Yeah. You know, Danny Bryan is basically a part timer. He it's said in interviews. Yeah. He should be. When he first came back, I don't think the intention was for him to wrestle this much. That's what he had originally said, remember? And then next thing you know, you're seeing him on every show. And he was on the road before the pandemic. So, I mean, you don't want to overdo it with him. Look at Edge. He got to come back, but he's on a limited, you know, kind of schedule. So that way you can keep with their health. So he has to take care of himself. And if he's ready to go, like, let's say he is actually ready to retire. What is left for him to do, really? So if he wants to go, then let him go. We're just, I'm personally, I'm grouping me in this. We're just selfish because we love him. And like, look what he does. Like he's either your favorite guy or you want to see your favorite guy wrestle him because you know, it's going to be amazing. So of course we wouldn't want to see him go, but if he wants to go, he's done it all. Yeah. I mean, he has done it all, but I do think he would be a big asset to WWE in, in terms of a behind the scenes role. Right. in coaching. Agreed. This is a guy who loves wrestling. He, he lives it, he sleeps it, eats it, breathes it, and would be a great coach, I think, in terms of, you know, like kind of like his role on mm -hmm. camera with Drew Gulak, where he's kind of the mentor, he's kind of the second. Him right. doing that backstage with a lot of these young talents who just need a little bit of polishing would be phenomenal for WWE's growth, I think, in terms Any of how the wrestling is. And it feels like there's so many people now because of where, you know, where we are so advanced with medicine and everything. There's so many people coming back from injuries that we thought were done that that coaching could really be back there from somebody that's done it themselves and, and kind of walk them through. This is what it is like now. This is what you should protect. There's so many things that you can do with Daniel Bryan that, you know, he, even if you don't see him wrestle, um, he's a big asset for WWE. Right. Are you excited about Roman Reigns versus Cesaro at WrestleMania Backlash? Are they fighting? Did they announce I it? I don't know if they've announced it or yet, but that, that seems like the direction that they're going. If they do go that direction with, you know, Cesaro gets past Seth Rollins and they're just keeping him in that kind of main event picture. Are you excited about that potential showdown? Yeah, I mean, I think that I don't think that Roman should drop the title to Cesaro, but I think it's a fun program. And that's the thing, even if it's predictable, it doesn't keep us from getting a really good match. I think that you need to give Roman a couple of programs that it's OK for him to win and it's not going to affect the other person uh, and, and, and just let him keep solidifying this crazy title run that he's going to have. I think he's going to hold the title for a long time, but it doesn't yeah. mean he can't have fun programs. I don't want no repetitive stuff. So Cesaro is a fresh opponent for him.
A hundred percent. It does seem like, I mean, we brought up Brock Lesnar's name. That could be a real possibility because they're building Roman Reigns up for something. I mean, they, some of the ways he's won matches is not something they just do, you know, happenstance. And that's just how they did it. He had a double pin at WrestleMania. He made Daniel Bryan submit. I mean, he didn't tap out, but he submitted Daniel Bryan clean. Uh, so, I mean, they're really keeping him strong and I, I fully expect him to win against Cesaro. Right. Yeah. I, I 1000% think that he will, but I think they're going to have a fun, um, yeah. program and I think he's gonna it's gonna be fun to see how Cesaro kind of like overtakes with the promo aspect of it because Roman has really upped his game when it comes to the talking crap and I really want to see what Cesaro comes back with so I want to see those interactions between the two of them I hope it is them but they're announcing Cesaro and Seth on well they're announcing it for Smackdown so maybe you're right maybe they'll run this match at Wrestlemania Backlash yeah. I thought they were going to do the rematch with Seth and Cesaro at Backlash and se- save um, Roman and Cesaro for a little later on. We'll see because I did feel tonight that there were so many little storylines kind of like tied w- between each other that they don't know which direction they're going in with half of them. Right. And next week, SmackDown, as you mentioned, you know, they were going to have Cesaro and Seth, but it's also going to be a retro edition. I believe it's a SmackDown throwback edition. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? Is that something you're looking forward to? What does that even mean? It sounds like a custom party. Like they're going to come out dressed like from the 80s or something. I don't know. Because it's like, what era of SmackDown are you throwing it back to? Are we talking about when it went live? Are we talking about when the draft? Like, I don't know that SmackDown. I mean, yeah, SmackDown's been around for a while. But unless you're announcing special guests, I, I'm yeah. confused about where we're going with this. But listen, they're trying something new. And I, I can't complain for maybe we'll get something different or a different feel, a different look. With the shows not being on the road anymore, I wouldn't mind them giving it a different look just for one week. You know, and it's interesting that you say that because they did not announce any guests. And usually yeah. when they're going to do something like that, if they're going to do a raw old school, if they're going to do something back in time, they'll yeah. at least have a couple of headliners who's going to show up, maybe a Hulk Hogan and a Ric Flair or whatnot, but they did not announce any guests. And no, exactly. Like, that's why I told you it's probably a custom party where they're going to come out in like retro gear. <laughs> I would actually have no problem with that. I Same. hope they need to build around this generation of wrestlers. If they want to pay homage to the past, don't bring out the guys who used to be over, who remind you that it's not as popular as it used to be. Maybe bring out the present wrestlers to, in some ways, pay tribute. Maybe they have the red, white, and blue ring, and they could do everything throwback. See, that's that's what I want to see. Like, an actual, like, let's give it a different vibe and look, and the wrestlers can, like, do differently or try to run different moves from their idols. I don't know. Like, you could really get creative with this, but I'm I'm a newer generation diehard wrestling fan, right? Like, I watched it on and off back in the day, but I started watching it and covering it from 2014 on. So I'm a big fan of let's get these guys over and forget them. Not forget about them. They're there. They're a huge deal. We wouldn't be here without these guys. But these guys need to kind of like get themselves up there too. And we're not doing that. So you need to work around that. Very interesting. I'm sure they're going to have the graphics. They're going to be those kind of old school yellow graphics that they showed. Remember when they did the greatest wrestling match with Randy and Edge and they changed the whole look? Like something like that would be epic because I love the vibe of that match. Yeah, and they had the referee in the old school yeah. MSG uniform. Yeah, and they had the like the, um, the microphone came down like at MSG. Like it was, I like that. I thought it was cool. See, now I'm excited for this match. I, I really, or for the <laughs> show next week. I really do hope that they just keep it aesthetically retro and they don't just bring a bunch of legends to roll them out and stuff like that. That would really yeah. be cool. Same, same. That's uh, what I'm hoping for. 
We had a second week of a promo from Alistair Black, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, what are your thoughts on the character? I know we were, oh, you were on the show last week, so this was week one last week, so we didn't get to yeah. hear your thoughts. What are your thoughts on this Alistair Black character? I'm glad to see him back on TV, but he's still giving me the knock on my door vibes. Just a little bit more finesse, right? Because he's talking like a little more like in, in codes or in tongues. I don't know what he's saying, but I'm <laughs> glad to see him back on TV because that was such a, like, where is Alistair Black? That was such a question. And he's trying something new and they're trying something new. I just need to see where they're going with it. I'm a big fan of like horror films and this, and that's why I should probably pay a little more attention to what he's saying to catch on to it to see like what kind of clues he's giving us. Mm -hmm. But um, as of right now, it feels very knock on my door era of Alistair Black, which is not any different. You know, right. than I expected a little bit more from him. Sure. Yeah. And I, yeah, I definitely think that it's like, um, it's hard to know what exactly it is he's going for with these promos. I, I don't know if they're going to bring in another character because he keeps talking about father. So I maybe know. they're going to have somebody else come in and be his manager or something like that. But you know, I, I really hope that this comes together because you're right. He did that for weeks and, and people are naturally going to think about that in terms of the knock on my door promos. Not even weeks. I think those lasted for months before he ever even did anything. Yeah, it was a sorrow, remember? Yeah, it was sorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I, I want to see where they go with it, but I don't like to be all negative when it comes to sure. it. So I'm just glad to see him back on my TV. But when I was begging to see him back on my TV, I meant the ring because I, I love Alistair Black's work in the ring and I just want to see it again you know and and I, I missed him so we'll see but I'm, I'm ready for it to go somewhere um, I feel like there's a lot of unfinished business in other storylines that they gotta tie up so maybe they're doing the vignettes to get you to think about him before we go okay this is going to be your program Right, right. And you know what? Maybe it's also PTSD from the Firefly Funhouse, which I just, by the end of WrestleMania, I just felt cheated out of that entire storyline. Listen, so now, oh, Fred, I, I was so <laughs> mad. And I, and you know what? Like, I was checked out from that. And then when I saw the entrance and, like, the Fiend transform and, the, like, I was so into it until she okay. coughed in the match. When she coughed in the match, I hate to even say it because I love Bray Wyatt and I love his creativeness. But at that moment, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I think I broke up with him. <laughs> it felt that way, you know? I was like, I can't do this anymore, Bray. Oh, man, but I, I see what you're saying because it does bring you, like, every time they try to do something different and it doesn't go the way you want it, you get scared for everything else they try after that. A hundred percent. Because, you know, some of the elements of his promos are really interesting in that he uses the kind of uh, animation and the cartoon visuals. I like yeah. it, but it's like, okay, let's uh, let's wait before I get into this to uh, see if they have a plan for whatever it is we're going to do. I hope so. I hope so. So let me ask you something. If you were to put him in a, in, in, you know, in a field right now, who would you put him with based on what Great. he's doing? It's a great question. Uh, I would have him be the first person that Cesaro feuds with when Cesaro's back on. I mean, I know it's kind of similar to the knock on my door. Right. But it wouldn't be good because, you know, Cesaro's getting a lot of shine right now. He's going to have that match against Roman Reigns in a main event capacity. He's going to be just done with Seth Rollins. So yeah. Cesaro's going to need something, I think, coming off of the Roman Reigns match. I, I, I see Roman Reigns beating him pretty decisively. Yeah, uh, maybe same. not a squash match. They'll have a good match, but I think it's going to be a clean one, two, three because they're really building up Roman Reigns. So coming off that, I would like to see Cesaro you know, maybe feud with uh, Alistair Black down the road because I just know that they could have good matches together. Right. Um, yeah. But he, I, I, will, I will put it with Biggie. I think Biggie needs sure. to stay away from that Apollo Cruz I feud now. Like, like let's let Apollo have the title ring and let's let Biggie build himself back up. I feel like the I, I feel like the IC title feud is 
kind of messy again. Like, I, I, they run it for too long. I think Apollo and Big E have fought each other like 11 times, not lying. Like, he, yeah. they need to yeah. stay away from each other. Yeah, 100%. Big E would be a good opponent for yeah. just if you follow that kind of tea leaves of what Aleister Black is saying and that he's kind of going after people who dream of big things and are dream of a white picket fence and uh, living a good life. And Big E's this big athletic guy who's right. strong and kind of like the jock in high school. So maybe he could go after something like that in terms of Big E being a dreamer who wants to reach the top and he's just silly to dream stuff like that. Yeah, I would like it. I, I don't know. We'll see. I just, I, I want to... If we're going to run with Apollo Crews, because I like what Apollo Crews is doing right now, then you need to get Big E away from him because you're killing one or the other character-wise, right? And now I cannot stop calling this guy Davocato. I can't. Like, every time I see him, that's all I call him. But, like, I would like to see Big E in a different field that he can really just, like, sink his teeth into and, like, build himself back up. Um, Chinsuke is still a face. Chinsuke will be fun with Alistair Black. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, but that would be fun. You're right. Chinsuke doesn't dream of picket fences he dreams of riding waves in the ocean <laughs> surfboards yeah <laughs> that um i think he was in the first episode of that wwe documentary series i can't remember what it's not untold um but it's, there's a documentary series they do now um and he was the first one i think it was the, the best one that they've ever done in terms of that particular series when they yeah. kind of got in it was right before wrestlemania uh, a couple years ago it's a chronicles yeah chronicles. i think he's had the first chronicles yeah, yeah i was so happy one. for it he's He's such a sweet guy. I love Shinsuke. And listen, I just want better for him. And I still am hung up on the fact that he won a number one contender match for the Intercontinental title five weeks ago and hasn't even been talked about. Really? I don't even remember that. So, so that's when, ridiculous. When Apollo Crews turned was when he was having a number one contender match with Shinsuke. Oh. Shinsuke beat him, and that's when he turned and beat the crap out of Big E, beat the crap out of Shinsuke. And that's when Big E was written off for a couple of weeks. But Shinsuke had beat him. So he beat, Shinsuke was supposed to be the number one contender. Then Big E came back and feuded with Apollo, so they never reminded us of that. You know what's so. funny? I bet you they don't even remember it. That, I, that, know, that, I know, you know I know. A good story they can tell is that Shinsuke beat the Intercontinental Champion, who has the title right now, that's all he needs to come back and challenge. But, but then the, even even the victory was to be for the num it was to for, to get a shot at the title. So he sure. was already number one contender. But you know, like I'm like, what what happened? I wish I could remember things in my regular life, like I remember wrestling. <laughs> like I'm I'm still concussed from last week, and I still remember that Shinsuke is old. <laughs> <laughs> an intercontinental title match <laughs> so what did you think about this intercontinental title match we've kind of gotten some of your thoughts on the division and stuff like that but between you know biggie and paul cruz had this match that ended in disqualification yeah overthinking wrestling fan me thought why is kevin owens out here the last time we saw kevin owens interact with apollo cruz they were like this it was when apollo was the u.s champion right so i get that apollo is not the same guy but i didn't see uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn get involved in that storyline. I didn't like that it wasn't a clean finish. I, I really want to go back and look at the history between Apollo and Big E and how the matches have gone. Everything always ends in a DQ. It's just weird. And I, I just really don't want... I feel like the feud is building and destroying at the same time. They It's one of those feuds where you book yourself in a situation where they both needed the win and now you're yeah. going to end up killing one of these characters if you don't just pull them away from each other. But nobody wanted Big E to drop the IC title. But Apollo is hot, and you don't want that to go cold. He keeps losing. So they book themselves in a weird situation. So I'm not happy to see them keep running it and running it. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think they're on their way to kind of splitting them apart in that tonight they kind of tease that like four people are in the right. for that intercontinental title, right? So maybe they'll have a fatal four-way and they'll find a way to have Apollo Crews retain without pinning Big E. But I mean, you know, maybe that will give Big E a reason to keep chasing it. But I hope from yeah. there they're able to just keep kind of like, you know, you got another shot of the title and yeah. you weren't able to do it. Let's move on. Because Big E now needs to kind of start the slow chase. I really want to see Big E versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. Me too. I think that Big E could just like forget about the IC title and we can slowly build him back up to going to the main event scene. After Cesaro, we were just saying Roman's going to need another contender that's credible. Um, but I appreciate it, Sammy saying still wanting that intercontinental title because he got lost in that conspiracy stuff that's what drove him to the conspiracy stuff is wanting his title back so i love him looking at it and kind of like teasing that i'm still coming after this when the time's right yeah there's continuity there especially because yeah. Yeah, he used to wrestle in a t-shirt that said i am the intercontinental champion that's how this whole thing started that's how he became a youtuber right <laughs> that's how he met logan paul you never forget. Oh, my God. <laughs> we got a super chat from Jax Callens. I uh, said Roman versus Brian with the length of the match. Totally would have been cool if it was an Iron Man. Oh, thoughts? By the way, Alfred almost bought another snake. Why didn't you, Jackson? You should buy all the snakes in the world. Yes, you they should. Snakes are great. <laughs> I would have been cool with it being an Iron Man match as well. But you don't know if this is the last time that they see each other. So maybe they want to save the gimmicky matches for in case they run another Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns in the future, they can run an Iron Man match. Now we know they can they can do it easily. Yeah, so. yeah. I always, you know, thirty minute Iron Man matches are good. I don't, you know, one hour Iron Man matches. I just can't. It's not that I can't do it. I won't watch them, but it, it's it's a chore in terms of. You know, even if they are a good match, it's like, oh god, this is gonna be an hour before I get a finish. Yeah, here. and they all become the same. Like they always come down to one, one, two, two. Like you know what I mean when it comes yeah. down to like the final minutes. Like they never get creative with them. Yeah, sometimes when I watch the 30-minute Iron Man matches, though, especially when there's a lot of pinfalls, I kind of think, like, wow, wrestling really should be like this. It feels like an actual sport where they're keeping score of the amount of pinfalls. Like, maybe not every match, but the 30-minute Iron Man, I think, is a perfect time limit. I don't think they should ever be more than 30 minutes. Yeah, I like 30 minutes, and and, and I agree. I agree. I like that. I also like how AEW does their time limits, because when you're getting close to it, like, it, it feels so intense. So I, I that's what I like about these time matches. It's like when it starts getting close to the end, but you still have to sit through the first 20 30 minutes yeah yeah especially like when they do an announcement like uh 10 minutes left you're like uh oh know. <laughs> you know yeah. it kind of gets in your mind mm-hmm. so they have uh stuff with the women's division they did tonight uh mainly between bailey and bianca belair how do you feel about how they're building up this feud between bailey and bianca belair I'm just happy to see Bailey back on TV. I've, I've been here every week just complaining about how she wasn't on WrestleMania and we weren't seeing her on TV. I thought she looked great tonight. It was good seeing her in the ring again. Um, but it doesn't really make sense. Like She just came out and kind of like called her out. But Bailey did have a long title ring and she kind of got forgotten about in the titles story after she dropped it to Sasha Um, I just like I read today in a couple of headlines that Sasha is taking they're gonna let Sasha take some time off and let Bianca really be a champion and I'm so happy with that because they created magic in the ring on Wrestlemania night so I feel like the rematch should be safe for another big pay-per-view and I don't know that you can keep them away from each other if you have them on the show constantly together so I'm happy to see Bianca, like we just said, with Roman Reigns, get a couple of programs, a couple of fields that she can really solidify her title reign before she gets a big match. And I do think that rematch has to be like her big match because I love what they did in the ring at WrestleMania. 
Yeah, I would love that idea. If the next time we see Sasha Banks, it's her coming to try to get her belt back. I mean, that is a big match that they've, there's a lot of goodwill. Even though the feud building up, you know, a lot of people have bad memories. The match kind of washed those memories away and that the match is yeah. so good. It was this historic match. You got the moment with uh, Bianca kind of getting emotional before the match and you got the right finish with Bianca winning and celebrating that now this match, if you hear Sasha versus Bianca again, I don't think people are going to be rolling their eyes at that. I think people will be very excited for a match like that, no. especially if they build it up to like, like a SummerSlam or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and I finally went back and ran it back and watched it and I put in the emotion because I was very emotional. Like, I, that was an emotional moment as a wrestling yeah. fan, a female, a minority. Like, there was so many things that went on watching that that I was in my field. So I was like, let me rewatch it. And I ran it back and I thought in-ring action, they had amazing chemistry. And I'm like, I feel like they were just touching the surface of what the two of them can do. They're both so athletic, so fit, and so talented that I'm like, I could really have them fight forever but I want them to save it and make us want it. Right. Would you have, so what's the finish? Who, who goes over in the rematch? Uh, I don't know. I really thought that <laughs> Sasha, I, I thought Sasha was retaining at Mania, if you want me to be honest. As, oh, wow. ba- as bad as I wanted Bianca to win, I don't know. I felt like they weren't going to give us both. I told you, I felt they weren't going to give us both Rhea and Bianca. So yeah. in my brain, I kept thinking, who needs this win the most? I thought it was Rhea because of WrestleMania last year. I was extremely happy that I was wrong in this particular case um, because I would like to see a long-term feud. I would let Sasha win in a heelish way, not clean. And then that way we can see a rubber match between the two of them. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. You'd, you'd probably get Bianca Sasha three um, and do the series like that. I would actually like to see Bianca win. I just want her to be dominant as a champion for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? and, and me too. That's why I'm saying keep Sasha away from her for a little bit. But yeah. now that you're going to have her go, she can maybe go into a two pay-per-view field here with Bailey, And you can have Bailey help Sasha because nobody's expecting that reunion to happen. And I can see them uniting again because to take this person down and that will be a good way that people will be behind Sasha winning and then you get behind Bianca getting her title back like you 100%. can do it you can do a lot with this yeah yeah no I'm they glad. won I'm glad they won because you know they don't no, well Smackdown <laughs> does Smackdown does let me not be that negative Smackdown does better than Raw if we were talking about Raw I will have no hope for what we're fantasy booking here <laughs> right yeah yeah they would, you would just not see Sasha Banks for like six months and there'll be no explanation Right, right. And then she'll come back and be going for a complete random title. Right. <laughs> so we go for the intercontinental title or something. Um, I would love we, to see it. <laughs> we're talking about the women's division. So let's get to a news story before we, well, we wrap up here. I really want to get your thoughts on this, Issa. Uh, Mick Foley kind of went viral today, sent out a tweet saying, Dear Vince, an all-women's brand needs to happen in WWE unless you want AEW to beat you to the punch. Sincerely, Mick. He added WWE, he added AEW, and Vince McMahon. So now there's a lot of scuttlebutt uh, throughout the day today, a lot of people talking about uh, whether or not and why hasn't there been a all-women's show. Would you be here for an all-women's show in WWE? Of course. Of course I will be here. I just feel like when I look at it from a business manager perspective, that's what my college degree's on. There's so many pieces that have to move in order to make this happen. You have so many people that are inclusive to a network, to you know, to a certain. Do you really think Fox is going to want to share their women's division? Or are you going to take the women's completely off? Because then I don't want to watch Raw and SmackDown when the women's are not in it. So see, I overthink everything. So when I start overthinking it that way, I'm like, that's going to be a hard one to make it happen. If they can, yes, do it. I think 
I think I would I would like to see it. What drives me crazy is that a lot of times we think we want something and then we don't support it and then it ends up falling apart, like cruiserweight division. Like they've done things before that we end up shitting on them and then like right. they just go away or we don't even know that it's still on. Apparently, two or five live is still a thing. I didn't even know that. <laughs> but <laughs> that's that's what scares me. It's like, you know, so a lot of times they give us what we want and then we get a little fickle and still turn on and I don't want no negativity for the ladies. I just feel like if you cannot make the most watched television right now, how are you going to do that in an all women's brand? Like, I feel like you should focus on what you have going on right now. Make them be the reason people tune in for, and then you create an all women's brand. Right. You yeah, know, that that's a great point. I mean, they do still need to create kind of those mainstream transcendent stars. Yeah. But I mean, I actually would like if they did a women's brand. But, you know, you do bring up a good point logistically in terms of like in NXT UK is another example where, you know, I've seen it. It's not a bad show, it, but nobody yeah. watches the show. Like no, people don't watch NXT UK. People don't watch 205 Live, you know, main event. Same thing. My fear would be it would get slotted into something like that to where now Whenever the women are wrestling, especially if they take the women off the main brands and they have them wrestle, if WWE did not take care of a show like that, these women would be seen as lesser stars for being associated with this and then having to go back to WWE. Uh, But the good version of this, the best case scenario to me would be if they did do a good job, especially building up the women that they just have kind of sitting around doing nothing like the same thing, like Garrett to the world, who's one of the best in the world is just, she's in the PC. Uh, They really need to start doing things. And they had stories of WWE working with MLW probably, uh, but they needed to start doing things to take advantage of that log jam with all these wrestlers who are just sitting around doing nothing. And this would be a good way as a conduit to do Yeah, that. I mean, I just saw somebody in the chat saying Raw could make one of their hours an exclusive women's hour. Yeah. And I've always been pro. Like, why don't we put the women on one show and the tag division on another since they feel so non-existent, right? Like, I, I wouldn't mind if you put the women on Raw for the whole third hour and then move the tag team division to SmackDown. Then you're giving me a reason to watch the main products. I just... Right. If they make it like its own brand, where is it going to go? Because I feel like you still have to respond to the networks is their money makers. And we want to see this as fans, but ultimately they have to respond to the people that are paying the paychecks. How would they work it out? That would be the question. But well, of course I would like to see it. I, 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 I still think Evolution was one of the greatest live events I attended just because of what it meant and how cool it was. And yeah i would like to see it again it's just i feel like logistically i wouldn't even want to get excited for it because sometimes we fantasy book ourselves into into getting excited and when it doesn't happen it just feels like such a letdown yeah they would just have to you're absolutely right they would have to go all in i really do think that you know maybe people would be nervous if they pulled them off the main roster shows but that might be what it takes to discipline themselves because if they built the show around a lot of up-and-coming women yeah that sounds good and that's uh, uh in theory a good practice to kind of get up-and-coming people but then they would get 205 live then it would just turn into a bunch of people that you don't care about wrestling matches if they really wanted to do this right they might have to take the charlottes and the biancas yeah. of the world and just put them all on the women's show so now you have to kind of book the show to be a serious thing yeah, and I will tune in for it. I will tune in for it because they're the women are a big part of why I still tune in and watch wrestling. It's the way that they started treating them differently. It's like how you're getting real matches from these women now. You put Charlotte away and put her on a show by herself, Rhea, Asuka, Sasha, Bianca, Bailey. I'm watching whatever you're putting them at. A hundred percent. 
Uh, real fun, great podcast. So sorry for you coming on late, but you came on. You didn't want ready, me here. You didn't want me here. <laughs> I blocked her out. You know, they just keep asking about you, and I got jealous. That's all it is. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but you have anything to plug? Uh, I know you're getting closer and closer. I don't know if you've gotten the 10,000. I got 000. it. I got, got it. it. That's right. Okay. And yes, I do. I want to plug my 10 hour stream that I'm doing tomorrow to celebrate 10,000 subscribers. I have all kinds of really fun things planned because there's no way I'm too much of a perfectionist to just sit here for 10 hours. So I have a whole structure of how it's going to work. So go to my YouTube channel, search it on YouTube, NYC Demon Diva. I'm going to be live tomorrow for 10 hours. Come hang out. There's going to be, at some point, we're going to play play the ultimate Roman Reigns trivia. Okay, mm-hmm. and I bet you, you guys are not going to guess any of these questions because I really research. Oh, it was it was a, it was a lot of fun. It was fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm doing that tomorrow. So if you guys want to go, hit subscribe, hang out with me tomorrow. Let's do it. Oh, that's awesome. So you heard it here first. Uh, NYC Demon Diva, 10,000 subscribers and counting. I love that. Uh, follow me on Twitter at This Is Nasty. Read me on Forbes, Pro Wrestling Bits on YouTube. Thank you, everybody. We will see you later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.